0: good evening everybody Um, thanks for being here and thanks to miyoshi for asking me to speak tonight Um, when miyoshi contacted me me a few weeks ago to kind of ask if i would do a talk or a discussion i wasn't totally sure what i wanted to talk about and kind of molded over for a couple weeks and um, so kind of just thinking a lot a lot of things that have been on my mind in, in recent years and recently, just in the past few weeks, especially this week with news of governors sending people on buses to other, you know, to other states and just using them as pawns in a chess game, just kind of disgusting behavior. Um, I've been in my own kind of practice working with a lot of like how do we keep caring? How do I how do we keep our hearts open? Uh, and not kind of fall into hopelessness and cynicism. Because um, I think it's it's just, it's just really easy to do um, and kind of finding it harder and harder to kind of have faith in humans to finally like kind of transcend our kind of baser instincts and kind of think about the greater good. Um, I've been thinking, I, that idea I've been thinking about a lot lately. I recently watched a, a documentary about the uh, comedian George Carlin. Um, And it kind of follows the arc of his life and his career. And kind of in the middle of his career, he had this kind of resurgence where he seemed to really be dialed in in a very kind of Zen-like way, uh, speaking kind of truth to power and speaking about the ills of like greed, hate, delusion, all the things we kind of fall victim to and othering other people and kind of um, just, yeah, being kind of drunk on power. and it, he seemed to be really kind of dialed into the human experience, like deep, you know, passionate, but deeply, deeply kind of um, empathic and compassionate. And then, towards the like, before he died for the past, for the like t- five or 10 years preceding his death, he fell into this kind of, in his comedy, this like real dark place where he kind of took this stance. Well, he's like, well, I told you, I tried to speak truth to power, I tried to tell you to wake up and you didn't. So, Screw you guys. And he and he like sort of was talking would talk about it delight delighting in seeing like natural disasters and sort of saying, Well, you know, I told you you could have averted crisis, but you didn't. So I'm gonna laugh at these uh these awful things. And um and it struck me and again it, you know, it was just like of so, cause I think it relates to this idea of it like it hurts to care. And I think if you like have your heart open. And you sort of like turn towards the things that are happening in the world. It's just really hard not to fall into hopelessness and cynicism and nihilism, and uh, it's hard not to become kind of just angry and distant and kind of say, "I'm I'm done." Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, in trying to kind of work with that in my practice and thinking about like how do we balance like seeing things as they are and working with reality as it is. Um, while still trying and while still practicing and while kind of keeping our hearts and our minds open. Um, I was thinking about recently and sorry, this is going to be a little repetition for the, from the Wednesday group, but, um, we have been reading the book. Each moment is the universe by category Roshi. Uh, and last week we read this kind of chapter that really sort of spoke, I think to like what I've been struggling a lot with. And it was, I found it very hopeful. Uh, in a very kind of realistic way and in a very compassionate way to kind of turn towards ourselves and show ourselves compassion and kind of be able to admit that we're all flawed in a lot of ways and all make mistakes, um, while also uh, showing that compassion towards others. So um, I figured I could kind of, I want to read part of that chapter tonight, uh, and then we can kind of open it up to discuss people's reactions. Um, So I'm going to do that. Um, So again, the book is Each uh, Moment is the Universe by Kategori Roshi. I'm not going to read the entire chapter, but I'm going to read a section of it. Practice as experience is based on the manifestation of reality. Manifestation means the relationship between subject and object. We manifest subject and object in many ways through the six consciousnesses of sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, and thought so we can manifest practice with our mind. But practicing just with the mind is not good enough. We, have to, we also have to practice with our body. For example, when you're cooking and you are using a vegetable, when, you, or when you're cooking and you use a vegetable, if you think this is a vegetable, it immediately becomes an object, something that is separate from you. And you see the vegetable in the ordinary way. But you can take a different attitude towards the vegetable. Before you consciously label the vegetable, you can touch it and handle the vegetable as something more than a vegetable, Buddha, and face the vegetable in terms of timelessness with no label. This is really the attitude we should take. This is wisdom. Then cooking is a practice based on manifesting reality. This is a very difficult practice, but with wisdom, you can face the real vegetable, which is not something separate from you. Then, even though your dualistic consciousness says, oh, that is a vegetable, wisdom keeps you straight. So calm your dualistic consciousness and just face the vegetable. Place the vegetable right in the middle of timelessness. When you place your object, the, the vegetable, in the middle of timelessness, then, su- then your subject, you, is also placed in the middle of timelessness. At that time, all things come back to nothingness, emptiness, and you wake up. But practically speaking, you can't ignore the fact that you and the vegetable exist in everyday life. So how you sh- how you should deal with the ve- so how should you deal with the vegetable? First place the vegetable in timelessness where carrots, cabbage, and potatoes all exist with no discrimination. Then come back to everyday life, everyday time, where you cannot cut a carrot the same way you cut a potato, because a carrot is a being with its own characteristics. Recognize the carrot is a carrot and deal with your carrot without confusing it with potatoes, water, or the pan. When you deal with a carrot like this, you manifest yourself as a cook and the carrot as a particular being. But at the same time, both of you and the carrot are manifested as Buddha. If you take this wholehearted attitude towards the carrot, the carrot blooms and you bloom. The carrot and you are walking at the bottom of the ocean where all beings are interconnected. And there is no gap between you, between the carrot and you. This means you are emancipated from the form of you and from the form of your carrot. That is called enlightenment. At the time, you cannot think, you just have to be there. To just be there means to completely open your heart. Then, in a moment, you can see something, everything turns over, and the whole situation becomes beautiful. If you haven't experienced this, that's okay. Never mind. Sometimes it happens, but it's difficult to realize this experience because the circumstances of our daily lives are very complicated. The human consciousness is very picky, always picking up something to examine. It's impossible for our consciousness to believe that a carrot can become one with a person. So we immediately think of a carrot and I separately. So should we try to throw away our human consciousness? No, we cannot do it. But what we can do is constantly, wholeheartedly, just place carrot and I in timelessness. This is our practice. No matter what our consciousness tells us, we should handle the carrot with compassion and just place the carrot in timelessness as simply as we can. At that time, we are placing ourselves in timelessness. We come to the carrot and simultaneously the carrot comes to us and we come together with no gap. This is called manifesting Buddha nature. At that time, the reality of the phenomenal world is absorbed into the reality of Buddha's world. When we manifest ourselves and our object like this, we experience total reality. This is called freedom, emancipation. Emancipation has no particular characteristics. It is just action. But what if you don't understand real time? Can you still live freely in peace and harmony? Yes, you can. Even if you don't understand real time through a teacher's explanation or your own practice, you, the carrot, the pan, the water already exist in the big ocean. Everything is there. There are no exceptions. Misunderstanding is also in the big ocean. Misunderstanding cannot exist separately from understanding. So understanding is there too, whether you believe it or not. Misunderstanding is like a potato being washed in a big bamboo basket. When I was at my temple in Japan, we put potatoes in a bamboo basket and put the basket in a small creek. The water would run through the basket just like a mill, rolling the potatoes inside until they were very clean. This, that was an organic machine. Misunderstandings or mistakes are just potatoes in the big ocean. So accept mistakes exactly the same way you accept pleasure and happiness. A mistake is a mistake. So handle mistakes in 12 hours without mixing them up with happiness, but also put both the mistake and you in the realm of timelessness. Sooner or later, a beautiful potato comes up. This is Buddha's compassion. So that I mean, it's full of wonderful things. His, his writing is just so beautiful and much more articulate than I could ever be. Um, But that part right there, particularly the end of just like sort of accepting that we're going to make mistakes and that's part of living life and and life is messy and we can kind of continue doing the work, uh, I think is really hopeful and uh, is going to stick with me. So.